0: All right, welcome back to Insight Flicks. This is our weekly discussion podcast where we talk about the uh, recent news, movie news, television news. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about trailers. This is we're all just going to dedicate the uh, trailer talk because there's been a lot of trailers uh, that came out this past couple of days. Surprisingly, because uh, I guess you know because Tom Cruise <laughs> has a new movie coming out this weekend, and yeah, and this is officially I guess like the the summer launch yeah i'm because so, like the last couple of months really w- it's been a drought of movie trailers there's nothing just a couple uh little little movies here and there but this week i mean literally well, this week and, and the end of last week it was a ton of uh new movies well this is memorial day weekend so this is the everyone's off um uh schools and all that so this is it this is the summer yes yeah, so this is the beginning of the summer so let's start with the first trailer. Uh, we, got a, we got a full look at Thor, Love, and Thunder. And this is the new movie from Taika Waititi that stars Chris Hemsworth. He returns as the titular God of Thunder. And uh, he's back doing uh, Thor stuff. He's uh, reteaming <laughs> uh, with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. And in this, this trailer specifically, we got our first look at Christian Bale as Gore, the God Butcher what was your, your thoughts uh lame i i was i was very disappointed by this trailer uh
1: i i liked the last trailer i thought the humor in the last trailer was really fun and it kind of brought me back about everything i really liked about the um about thor ragnarok but this one i felt like everything like all the humor and stuff felt very forced and uh a lot of like uh, well, i gotta admit the action sequences still look pretty cool but like i don't know it's just the story just seemed very kind of cheesy and stuff, like even the stuff with like uh with um russell crow as uh as mm-hmm. as it as Zeus like it just i don't know am i am I watching gods of egypt i don't I don't know I just they kind of lost me
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think the movie looks cheesy not not in
0: not the good cheesy i guess but that wasn't your thoughts when you saw the first teaser trailer because no, you were I thought pretty the first excited. Teaser, right? Yeah, I thought the first teaser was awesome, but it was very fun. And, uh,
1: but this one just, I don't know, it, it just looks kind of corny, I guess. But maybe I watched the movie and like all of these jokes and, and the context of the movie will, will work better, but I'm not, I'm not really feeling it.
0: Rich, what's your thoughts on uh, this latest trailer for Thor Love and Thunder? I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, I'm giving Taika Waititi the, uh, the benefit of a doubt and uh, hoping for the best for this film uh if it's just as good as his last thor film i'll be very happy with it uh natalie portman looks great in it as jane foster and, you could, she, and we could see her physique is even better in this in this trailer um and she's getting along with tessa thompson i liked it i like the humor especially in the last uh bit uh, with russell crow um so but there wasn't that, that much um of a good look to uh at christian Bale's uh gore the god butcher uh, it didn't look like he worked out that, that much on this. Uh, I don't know about the character, though. Is he some kind of super leech or something? I don't know what he is. Yeah, uh, there wasn't as much uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in this film, I mean, in this trailer. So uh, it's most likely, uh, you know, two cameo bit, you know, beginning and end or something like that. So, um, I'm, so, I'm guessing they're probably mostly in the first act of the film, but right. that's just my guess. Right. It seems like they're going to be bookends, um, just the... Do
1: you think they're gonna come back in the end of the movie?
0: I would think so. I don't know, do you th- you know. And do you think Guardians
1: of the Galaxy Volume Three takes place during that time? <laughs>
0: um, no, no. I think they'll they'll find out where um Gamora is and take off or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm yeah, like I said, I, I'm hoping for the best for the, this film with Tekka and uh, uh and, and Chris Hemsworth who was who, who looks even buffer than than any of his Thor uh animations it it's incredible uh how he looks in this film and i i don't know if he's gonna uh, if he, if he's still gonna do a uh, hulk hogan biopic but it seems like they they should film it right they should have filmed it right afterwards or during you know there's a bit in the in the trailer where he his you know his clothes gets uh obliter- <laughs> yeah. obliterated by by zeus, zeus. Yeah. uh hensworth looks like he has taken steroids right <laughs> i mean I don't know. I mean, I, I, maybe there's a long Hollywood secret about taking steroids because it looks ah. it looks unhuman. Uh, I agree with Raymond because I think this trailer is just okay. I had a much better time watching the teaser trailer, mm. and mainly because the last trailer was kind of centered uh, around the hilarious relationship between Thor and Star-Lord, and it, it showed off that kind of great chemistry between um, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pratt. So it really yeah. kind of gave me the impression that the movie was going to have this, you know, very fun, jovial, happy-go-lucky, you know, sense of of comedy there. To me, I believe that that's Taika Waititi's greatest contribution to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, his sense of comedy. It's really the reason why I go back to rewatch Thor: Ragnarok so many times because it's essentially it's a a Marvel superhero comedy and a funny one at it too. So and then I think that's the reason why I I kind of have some hope for this movie because i i hope i at least hope that taika waititi is going to have fun with these marvel tropes or the studio mandates where you know everything's have to be connected and all that stuff and i think that's why uh thor ragnarok rock worked uh, hopefully that that's what's going to make this movie work but other than that um yeah this just trailer was just an okay kind of look i i'm hoping we get an other trailer before it comes out I think the release date is July 8th. So there's still a little bit of time, one more month. But uh, because I really like to see a little bit more about Christian Bale. What's you guys thought of the first look of Gore, the God Butcher, in this one? I mean, did you like that character? What was your impression of that? That's like I said, he he was just brief. It was just too brief of a character look. I think he's going to be spotlighted in a bunch of the TV spots that are coming out.
1: I think he looks kind of lame. I think he looks like he's like a, a, a rejected, uh, Nor Norwegian metal band.
0: <laughs> yeah, but Remember? we got we got to find out what his power is. Yeah, maybe that's, this is at the lowest point of his life, and he, he in, plays uh, the he plays the guitar really poorly. That's his power. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, apparently everyone's going to be afraid of him because yeah. you know he's. It seems like there's going to be a conflict between Gore and and Zeus, or at least the palace, all the palace of other gods, and and. Uh, I might not might play into the plot, plot but um he's got to be like a, a formidable villain but at our first look it doesn't really seem so which I think that that's probably the reason why I was so kind of unimpressed by the trailer yeah, yeah. all right let's get on to the next trailer um Elvis you guys want to talk about Elvis? Yeah. He's a hero that most all right let's get into in the next trailer uh we got a full look trailer for Elvis this is the new Baz Luhrmann Musical biopic that stars Austin Butler who's from once upon a time in hollywood he he is playing the legend Elvis Presley in this very vivid, very colorful kind of musical biopic. What is your guy's thoughts on elvis um yeah, well, I mean, I don't have too much more like to add on what i had had previously
1: said. I think the movie still looks very good. I think it's still. Looks like Austin Butler's going to give a you know fantastic performance, but um, unfortunately, you know, in, in the trailer they do kind of tease that they're going to be um, incorporating a lot of uh, modern music to the movie. And I did say previously that I I, I don't want Loz, uh, Boz Lerman to do that, and it seems like you know he's he's going to be doing that, and that rubs me the wrong way. So I, I'm gonna you know when I watch the movie, I'm gonna try to just you know still be able to enjoy it. You know for what it is and you know be able to separate that but i, I just hope that boz doesn't overdo it and have like a, a um you know uh i hope he doesn't have like doja cat on like every like 10 minutes you know? like. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I, I i'm hoping that it's it, it it those those uh musical spotlights or whatever will go through um you know when the they transition from a timeline of uh, elvis uh, uh, storyline you know. To, to another time. Yes. That, like, you know, from the his <laughs> I,
1: beginning. I I reasons. I said I like I, I get I get what you're trying to say, but I just I still just don't see the point. But but yeah, I mean hopefully it's not too distracting, I guess.
0: Yeah, but the film itself it looks fine to me. I mean uh yeah, still it looks, good. It, it looks good. I mean Tom Tom Hanks, I'm still not <laughs> I'm still not a fan of his makeup. <laughs> uh but Austin Butler, um you could tell he's doing he's giving a thousand percent and uh yeah. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and, I mean he's he's the main reason I really want to see the movie. It looks like he's gonna yeah, uh, I, I yeah. guess tr- truly given uh, uh, a a an award contender performance, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see her for that. And it really it looks like Boz is like doing it's going to make a great film. It just unfortunately the the whole modern music thing really just rubs me in the wrong way, and I didn't like the way he incorporated it in um what's the movie called uh The Great Gra- Great Gatsby.
0: So mm-hmm. yeah, well if they do incorporate it, I think I hope that they use it as the modern music in chapters and that's what yeah. that, that that'll work fine with yeah. me as long as it, it narrates his story basically yes
1: and if uh boz if you're uh st- if this somehow reaches you there's still time <laughs> to remove the modern music you could just <laughs> include it in the soundtrack or in the credits there's still time
0: <laughs> <laughs> no they're already, they already screened that it can whatever oh yeah oh, i mean there's still time <laughs> it
1: hasn't been released to the public You change it
0: well this is what i would say i think uh... I think the, the the thing I really came, came from watching the trailer was the cinematography or the mm-hmm. look of the film. It looks gorgeous. It, it, I, it doesn't look digital to me. You know, uh, It doesn't look kind of flat. The color is vivid. It looks like it was some kind of, of fever dream type of mm-hmm. flashback to a time that really is part nostalgia and part kind of memory, part kind of dreamlike. I mean, I, it looks very good. Yeah, it feels like a Broadway play, kind of a look to it. It's very kind of theatrical, yes. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I agree with Raymond again. The, this the the whole kind of uh, modernizing the you know the you're nothing but a hound dog uh, mm. song. I don't know, I don't know why he has to do this. It just it's like it's 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 in his nature to to really update everything, and he doesn't. I I, I think maybe he's trying to like aim a, t- a target audience to a younger yeah. audience. I, I feel like he's doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's a
1: hundred percent what he's doing. Yeah, and so it feels, but, but it feels
0: just but pandering I think to I think, it.
1: But but you know what though, I, I and I hundred percent agree with that, Mike. But I think it works because I think uh, you know, a lot a lot of young people seem to be kind of excited for this movie. It seems like, and um, if 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 they could make this a hit, like the way, uh, and I don't think it's going to be quite as big as like you know like I don't know Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that. But if they can make it a hit like that, then. I mean, hats off to Boz, right? And, and I think it will be. I think it's going to be a very successful movie. Well,
0: it worked for him for Romeo and Juliet, which is basically the same deal, I mean.
1: Yeah, but that was but, also a different time.
0: Uh, but he, at least the movie, Romeo and Juliet, was kind of modernizing the, even the whole yeah. play, you know? So yeah, I, I, I don't, like, I hate when, like... Well, when I'm, 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 modern I'm, as
1: a real-life a real life thing. Well, I mean, historical... I, mean,
0: I just meant that it, it grabbed a younger audience. Sure, oh, yeah, sure, Yeah, sure. But I I yeah, I've had a real problem when you go back to a historical event or a historical biopic and using and try to modernize the music or whatever, or even the style, or even like that. There's a there was a Netflix movie, the Western uh The Harder They Fall or The Harder Yeah, the harder they fall. And it was very much stylized and mm-hmm. it felt kind of very much like a music video. That's my fear. I don't want to see Elvis as a music video, you know. So if he's able to toe that line between music video and like just vivid imagery, then uh, uh, then he, maybe it'd be very successful. But I don't think you need to pander to a younger audience. I think Elvis' music is very kind of relatable. I think even the music uh, he was influenced is very relatable. I think you need to give younger audiences a history lesson in order for them to kind of understand the history of music and stuff like that, you don't need to kind of do these kind of gimmicks, which I, I think that's the way it comes off as a gimmick.
1: Yeah, uh, but I, I mean, I think sometimes, you know, these kind of like Boslerman Lerman theatric type of things could work. Like, I, I know you guys, you guys didn't like the movie as much as I did, but I thought um, the way uh, Dexter Fletcher incorporated those elements to uh, Rocket Man. Uh, yeah. worked really well they kind of uh, kind of I guess kind of how Richard was saying earlier but they kind of worked in like in a transitional way to kind of get you from one point of time to the next and uh, I thought you know uh, Rocket Man did that very well i mean i kind of I guess I would hope that Elvis does something similar, and maybe they just incorporate the the modern music during these kind of um the more
0: theatrical moments of the film
1: and not necessarily like the more grounded scenes. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, another thing that worries me is that the the running time to this film is over two hours. It's two hours and thirty nine minutes. That's about right. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, that's long, that's I mean, long. It's its whole life.
1: It's its whole life, right?
0: Yeah. Well. I would say I would say uh, uh I think I think I think Raymond's right when they there there is an excitement for a for younger audience to see this movie. And that actually that's a good thing because this is not based on any IP, this is not based on any kind of comic book. So it's that's a great that's a good thing. That, you know, we're able to kind of excite the younger demographic with a movie about a guy who, you know, who died, what, what, 40 years ago? I mean, you know, Elvis has a very much an older fan base. So if they were able to kind of expand that fan base to younger audiences, I think that that's that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. And uh, let me ask you guys really quick. Uh, so do you guys think this movie is going to be bigger than uh, Rocket Man box office wise? Oh. That movie made about uh, uh about ninety six million domestic, a, a little under two hundred worldwide. I think so. I think it has potential. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so too.
0: Yeah, I think it has potential. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's a lot of people have been talking about it in Cannes, in but no uh no Bohemian Rhapsody like nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> no, I don't think it's going to do that well. But I mean uh the Presley. Family has supported this movie. Um, And, you you know, this is a movie that I can see having very long legs and playing in theaters for, like, months. Yeah, yeah. It has a great potential to be one of the bigger movies of the summer. We'll see, right? Yeah, we'll see. All right, let's get to our next trailer. So just a couple days ago, we got our first look at Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It's an early teaser trailer because this movie isn't coming out until next summer. So I was very shocked that we got the chance to see it. Well, this this much, I mean, a, it's almost a full trailer, uh, although they call it the teaser trailer. Um, and it, you know, Tom Cruise is back. He's back as Ethan Hunt. He's the IMF agent, and you know, he's <laughs> from from the looks of things, he's back, uh, running around the world, <laughs> you know, and yeah. he's he's getting his old team back together and. We're seeing a lot of characters from, from all the different uh, movies in the franchise to come back in this one. So I was very pleased with it. This actually really impressed me a lot because it made me go, oh, man, this is better than any James Bond trailer that I saw last movie that they did i mean I, I was really impressed by it yeah no uh action wise i i really enjoyed this trailer it looks like wow th- they got a whole other a mo- uh, year to work on this film and yeah uh hopefully <laughs> hopefully this time around it actually comes out <laughs> and uh 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 i, I don't even know if uh, all this footage is from the uh part one it might be part one and part two i mean could be just from from the first act of part one (laughs) yeah but um yeah the 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 biggest surprise in this in this trailer for me is isai morales (laughs) i really i i hope to god that that this film uh rejuvenates his career because he really deserves it i mean i've been a fan of his since bad boys with sean penn uh and then of course la bamba but yeah uh re- more recently uh i think uh he got he got this job because of uh the first season of ozark he, um mm, yeah and then and then uh and the last thing i saw him was in the the titans as Deathstroke. so <laughs> uh but at least he has a good physique uh from working at as <laughs> uh, the physique as, stuff uh, no no he <laughs> as, as death stroke he, he, oh, he okay uh, you need a good physique or whatever to be the villain against Tom Cruise. Yeah, look, well, it looks like he's going to be the main villain in this part one. Yeah, it looks like him and uh, Shea Wiggum looks like they're the villains. The I Well, Shea Wiggum looks like the mastermind and uh, Isai is the uh, the muscle. And they bring him back to the, the, the original actor from the first movie, Henry Zersney, who is uh, again playing Kittredge. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I heard that he was coming back and it yeah. was actually very fun to see him in this teaser he has his face-to-face confrontation with ethan hunt and he says to him like pick a side which i think that was a, a great way to uh to tease this movie
1: i completely forgot he was even in the first mission impossible like it's been so long since i i watched the first mission impossible movie that's mm-hmm. why we gotta
0: revisit them <laughs> yeah
1: i know i know uh i i guess so unfortunately because i mean i've been a, I, I love the mission impossible movies but i've been a, personally a fan of it since Mission Impossible three. I've never been crazy about the first two, uh, so I, I do kind of find it interesting that they're going back to that to that original movie, uh, because like I know it's not it's not a bad movie. It's definitely better than Mission Impossible two, but I I don't think it's like one that's looked back at super fondly, right? I mean like I think it, I think the franchise really picked up steam with with three, and then like four took it to the next level, and then like I, they've just been kind of getting crazier and crazier because with stunts like it, Tom Cruise just keep makes the stunts crazier and crazier each film. And um, and they tease that that final stun in the end of this trailer. It just looks uh, looks like he's just committed suicide at <laughs> the end of the. trailer. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> it's been this this franchise has been so long. I remember seeing the first Mission Impossible teaser and and seeing that glimpse of. A, who I thought was uh, uh, Michael Douglas, Michael yeah. Who I thought was Michael <laughs> Douglas, but but then we eventually found out that it was Emilio Estevez. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, uh, this trailer totally sold me. I mean, this is I can't yeah. wait for it.
1: Yeah, it looks great.
0: Yeah, the the teaser just kind of reminded me that Tom Cruise is the number one action hero in the world, and he, I think he has created a franchise that not only competes with James Bond, but actually. Can, uh, uh, uh goes beyond it. I mean I I, I like I I'm not I was never a big James Bond fan, but I with Mission Impossible, the way he was able to to just turn this into one of the great kind of action franchises when literally, you know, by Mission Impossible 3, they were thinking about him leaving the franchise and giving it to uh uh Jeremy Renner. Right. Know? So it was the fact that he was able to stay on and 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 just made it much better. And I think when I look back at the Mission Impossible, the first movie, it was just a totally different time, and and yeah, like it it was you know Brian De Palma brings in that Hitchcockian tone to the movie, so it was much more kind of a mystery than than an action piece. Yeah, but it
1: just didn't have like the best story either. the Original. Well,
0: there are always MacGuffins. Well, there are always uh, viruses or or, or like, yeah, yeah. I mean hack hackers hacking, you know lot you know list of 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 agents and stuff like that this is kind of yeah, like a, dark, dark, uh, uh, a dark uh agency involved and stuff like that yeah red light right. green light Ooh. all right let me just say this I, I think when when we talk about mission impossible the last three movies in the franchise has developed a really a fervent fan base for action right yeah and a lot of times we 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 kind of want to Give the credit to Tom Cruise all the time, but we should really give credit to Christopher McQuarrie, what he has done to to this franchise. He is as responsible of turning the franchise into what it is now, one of the great kind of action franchises. And the way he's directed the, the last three movies and 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 wrote the last three movies are phenomenal. I don't think a lot of people give him that that much credit. They think he's kind of Cruise's lackey.
1: I think people give him a lot of credit, and I hope um, so. Yeah, and I and I think I. Yeah, I, I he deserves a lot of credit, but I, I think Tom Cruise, I mean, he's the one, like,
0: risking his life. <laughs> well, they, no one's asking him to risk his life, though. He's the one who's doing it, though. I know, I know, <laughs> but
1: it, that, I think that's what, uh, I think it adds, uh, it adds something to the movie. It adds, it makes them, I mean, what, you, you, you watch Vin Diesel in the uh, in the Fast and the Furious movies, and, like, during all the, you know, crazy action sequences, it's just a cartoon Vin Diesel, like, flying around, you know? It's not, it's yeah. not exciting tom cruise actually risk life it's uh, it's intense i mean these are the these are the he's a new evil knievel
0: <laughs> it really brings a sense of reality and and um
1: yeah it's something yeah it, it's real it's practical you know it's something that you can't you know capture with just you know digital effect and my kind of uh you know what you were what you, what you were mentioning earlier about how you know mission impossible has become like really kind of like the new james bond and can actually compete with james bond well, actually, I think I think the last Mission Impossible actually made more than No Time to Die, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if this um ends up uh, making more than No Time to Die as well. And um, which yeah, was a I giant, guess I, I, yeah, I, the, the biggest the biggest uh, Bond movie I think to date has been Skyfall, which made one point one billion dollars. But I'm sure Tom Cruise will get, will
0: get there eventually. <laughs> Let me ask you really quick about the Dead Reckoning Part One. Horrible title. <laughs> that's the worst thing about the trailer the title (laughs) but the fact that they split this up into two parts does that kind of indicate something about ethan hunt is he going to retire is he going to die in this this well it's
1: going to definitely have a cliffhanger
0: you think so are they going to maybe after the end of part two let's say let's think way ahead now tom cruise is you know he is getting older is he going to pass the baton to someone else not yet he definitely mean, can't do these these stunts anymore. These death-defying stunts anymore when he's this old. I mean, he you saw Clint Eastwood's last movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but
1: I mean, but but he, he is he is you know getting older, but he's still in great shape. I mean, he's he's in better shape than you know um, people that are half his age. Yeah, he's so. better shape
0: than I. am. I'm not even half his age. Um, <laughs> I think there is going to be a time where he's going to pass the baton to somebody. Because I, I really do think this could be the American version of the James Bond franchise, where they could just keep on going with another actor. And, you know, Tom Cruise could be the producer once he gets too old to do do these stunts anymore. But will he be willing to sit down? That's not...
1: I think he is, man. I mean, he's going to be going to space for Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: he, He's going to keep doing this. I mean i i just i think he'll eventually stop but i mean we're not there yet i mean there has to be some some sort of like serious thing like you know when they were how when they were filming this mission impossible like there was that injury with his leg and like there was like this scare like oh maybe maybe this is over maybe this is in it has to be like that times 10
0: for, so like, well, if, in order for him to stop i think so um, well and from what i hear this 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 life's um this big stunt in this film is uh Similar to the one in the beginning of Goldeneye, uh, where he uh, rides a motorcycle. You see in the trailer, he rides a motorcycle off the cliff and then he goes pre falling. Mm-hmm. And I guess he he might maybe he uh, either parachutes, but I don't think it'll be that big. But I think he actually. I didn't see uh, a like, parachute. On him. Yeah, uh, uh, no, <laughs> I, I think he does have a parachute, suicide. but, <laughs> but uh, I think he might um, need to go into a, a plane, or he's trying to chase a plane down or something like that. Yeah, I don't. It know. It looks like that. We'll see. That is definitely a Mission Impossible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he's like turning video games into real life. Hey, you know what? You know what? When I watch a lot of action movies these days, like a Fast and Furious movie or like a Marvel movie, you know, I love these action sequences and stuff. But so much of them, they're so like cartoony, so much CGI that after a while, it feels like you're just watching someone play a video game. You never have that with a Mission Impossible movie.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, that's that's, that's another thing though that uh, was disappointing in this trailer was that the music was so low. I really was, <laughs> the, the the music on it. Uh, I really our was...
1: nitpicks are so like uh, <laughs> like the music was low. The, we don't like the title, but the movie looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: I, I really in, I still really enjoyed the first the uh, the first uh, soundtrack. Whatever, whatever the from uh, the YouTube uh, guys, uh, Larry Mullen, Adam Clayton. That theme was awesome. They should use that theme again, but no, you know right. who knows. I think they got uh, um, uh, the Black Eyed Peas guy. <laughs> 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 What's his name? Really? No, <laughs> Will <laughs> I Ann? <am>? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, know. I don't know. Well, let's get into an, another trailer, another action fuel trailer. It's the fir- our first look at the, the Gray Man. This is Ryan Goslins versus Chris Evans. This is a spy versus spy action thriller from the makers of Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame and it's a stack cast that includes Anna De Armas, Rega John Page Billy Bob Thornton and many more <laughs> so uh, what you guys think this is the, 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 the Russo brothers they're back directing a big time uh, action movie for Netflix this time well I'll go really quick because I don't have a lot to say I think the movie looks Good. It's a,
1: It's. A, I mean, it looks like a, a competent movie. It looks like a well made movie. But for me personally, it just it just looks a little a little basic, and I'm not too excited for the movie. Um, I'll watch it when it comes out, but the tr- the trailer didn't do that much for me besides just showing me, you know, some good action and a good cast.
0: But I, the story didn't really grab me. The Story. The story is the the, the key. The, the problem with this with this thing. Yeah. It just it just looks familiar. It's very, yeah, the story is very, very simple. Where we got Brian Gosling, he's a CIA assassin, he's very skilled, and he finds himself kind of going against Chris Evans' character, who's equally skilled assassin, but he's a psychopath. And mm-hmm. I guess, you know, he's turning against his boss or whatever, backstabbing stuff here, kind of typical spy stuff. Uh, Rich, what's yeah. your thoughts on the, the trailer? Yeah, uh, it looks action packed. That's the Russo brothers, uh, and but more importantly, it's uh, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, the pa- the 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 pair who um wrote um Endgame and all that.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, it, so they had their you know this is this is right more writing on them too because you know it's not Marvel. It it does look like a lot of um you know uh the the stunts works. On, it does look a lot like uh, the Avengers movies and stuff like that. So.
1: Well, I would say, yeah. I would
0: say Captain America: Civil War, which yeah, feels especially. a little more grounded with their mm-hmm. stunts, where the stunts in Infinity War and Endgame felt like there was more kind of green screen stuff. Here, it kind of feels like there's more physical stunts. But yeah, it it looks it looks good to me. I mean, it looks like it, um, it, it could be uh, definitely uh, Netflix's best uh, action film to date. That's for sure. You think you'll like it more than
1: Extraction? Because for the trailer, I'm, I'm not getting the sense that the action is going to be like quite on that level. Uh,
0: well, Extraction felt more like, like a, a gritty like a yeah, hand I mean, of, I mean, hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this one just uh, looks like explosions galore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this feels more kind of like car chases, jumping off of bridges type of stuff. This feels more kind of like James Bond or, or even, even Mission Impossible. Well, I was thinking Born Identity yeah sure sure yeah. yeah i would say this is more kind of typical kind of you know spy stuff uh which is more action field you know kind of this is like i would say this this is one of the first times after watching a trailer for a upcoming netflix movie where my initial thoughts was like yeah this actually could compete in theaters i never really got that with like say the ryan gosling um red notice it was ryan reynolds actually no the right Reynolds. Underground? reynolds. Uh, the other one the one the recent Six underground one. No, the oh the um adam, adam project yeah yeah so yeah this, I, never, I never got that sense when i watched the trailer for adam project the ryan reynolds sci-fi movie i go oh, that looks kind of like a streaming movie here i go oh this actually could could possibly be if it was released in theaters be one of the bigger box office hits of the summer i was very impressed by what i saw and that, you know, like you were saying, Rich. The the you know it is, and like we were saying, Raymond, it, it does have a simple premise. But it, I think the action set pieces here it looks pretty good. And look, it just, it's just a it's a typical cat and mouse kind of thriller. You got one assassin against another assassin. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think you need a, that big of a complex idea. Mission Impossible films are not really complex, you know, when it comes to stories. You know, it's just Tom Cruise running around. You know.
1: Yeah, but I, they, they they feel more complex.
0: <laughs> but I guess
1: I may, maybe maybe when you want maybe when I watch this movie, it'll, it'll be a completely different experience. Yeah, it's just from the tra- from the trailer. It, it, it looked pretty. They made it seem very simple.
0: Yeah, yeah. maybe that's just their way of selling it, though. <laughs> well, this is this is what I like. I like that it's that doesn't feel like it's heavily CGI. would I like the idea that this the they're asking the audiences that are you either team Ryan Gosling or team Chris Evans, even though he has like this one, of the most ridiculous mustaches in in cinema's history, you know, fingers crossed, this could be fun. This could be awesome. And I, I hope it is because the, the Russo brothers needs a real big hit after what yeah. they did with Cherry, which right. was a complete uh, mess of a movie. Disappointment. Yeah. Now this film is supposed to be in select theaters a week earlier and, and on July 15th, um, uh, do you think um, theaters are ready to put Netflix films in their in their theaters? No. So not not even this one.
1: Well, I mean, the, I think they're going to continue doing what they've done for uh, some of their other films. Like they'll it'll come out in theaters before like two weeks, maybe like that, something like that. Because Adam Project went to theaters, but I think for only a week.
0: Yeah, this one uh, says and, July um, f- July fifteenth in the select theaters. And then uh, streaming uh, on Netflix on July 22. So it is just a week. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's what they've been doing for for all of of the Ryan Reynolds movies. So, I mean, this is what they're going to do for their other Ryan. Every every Ryan they work with, they're going to do this for.
0: (laughs) Well, this is the first time where I go Netflix could easily put this in theaters for 90 days. Mm-hmm. i wouldn't have a problem with that because there's so much stuff that I, uh, that's 90 been... days though like oh I'd, what's the, what's 40, the 40, 45, I mean, 45 45 days, is 45, I 45 days 45
1: i think 45 for some movies like it's already like
0: 90 days for th- tom Cruise. <laughs> okay what's yeah it? so the standard so, is 45 with, days mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah so but a lot of movies like after if they bomb they come out in like after two weeks
0: yeah well, well because that's, so, uh, i mean depending on the budget
1: well this, they could, this one
0: is they could
1: do two weeks also
0: Mm -hmm. Or they could do, they could set up a a similar deal with uh, the theater owners. And I could see them like release this movie in, like you said, you know, 45 days or less. And, you know, set up some kind of deal where the theater owners, even though the theater owners have this contentious relationship with Netflix, they could could, like spice up the deal to give them a little more share of the profits. and I think it would help from, I think it would help Netflix because I think this would possibly be a good movie or a box office hit. And well, it he, said this one is cost 200 million, which is the same price as a red notice. So yeah, red notice looked like crap to me, even <laughs> the trailer. I thought it, looked, I thought it was it looked expensive. No. Well, there were a couple sequences. There were this. I thought the CG and it wasn't
1: the best, but I thought like it, it looked like they spent a lot of money like going all those locations and stuff.
0: I didn't yeah. see the I didn't see the money on the screen. No money. Ma- the money went to you know pockets. Yeah, they went to the stars. They went to Ryan Reynolds. It went to uh, Gal, Gal Gadot and, and the and uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, I would agree with that for for Adam Project, but not for Red Notice. I thought it looked like an expensive movie. No, there. Okay. dude, there was a lot of green screen in Red Notice. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, the green screen wasn't the best, but I thought
1: the the rest of it looked expensive, but yeah.
0: Well, we'll, we'll see. When we, we'll see. We could compare the two better when we watch uh, The Gray Man once it comes out in Netflix July 22nd, or you know maybe one of you guys were going to see it in theaters in July 15th. Uh, let's get to the next trailer, kind of final trailer. It was a trailer for George Miller's next film, 3,000 Years of Longing, and this is kind of a updated version or a contemporary take on the genie fable. Mm-hmm. And you got oh, really the only two main actors in this one. You got Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba who is playing mm-hmm. the, the magical genie or jin, jin, the jin character. He's
1: playing Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: right. So, what is your feelings on watching this first footage from 3000 years of long well, I, I didn't even hear about this movie until you just told me about it. I just watched the trailer like
1: uh, maybe 30 minutes ago mm. and absolutely blown away by it. This looks uh, fantastic. I mean, this, this is a movie that we need more of in theaters. Unfortunately, I don't see this making a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I see this being like, a, like kind of like a Jupiter ascending type of bomb. But hopefully i'm wrong because this i mean again this this just looks awesome this looks wild while watching the trailer i didn't even know this was like a a, a genie type of thing i thought it was like uh, some something something else entirely it just it, it looks
0: it looks wildly original rich what's your thoughts yeah uh it did feel a lot like george miller to me i mean it it really um out there, I, I, it's not as crazy as David Cronenberg's new movie, but uh, <laughs> uh it, it, I, I like the the fantasy feel of it. And um, I saw the first photos before, um, before like a um, during on Variety, I think it was with uh, Idris Elba, um, his ears, and I was going, Whoa, he looks like a Vulcan, but then I finally <laughs> saw that it the, on the trailer and I go, Oh, that that's cool, he's a genie, how they had him as a giant at the end, and like that, so that was cool. Uh, but. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, hopefully, it's a story because he did uh direct this film during COVID and uh. It's, oh, really? It's, yeah. So it, it's it's entirely you know from the mind of uh, George Miller. So I'm yeah. hoping for the best of it. It's good. It definitely feels like he's going back to the days of the Witches of Eastwick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you know he's he's playing with some of the kind of fantasy elements of 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 these things. Uh, in that case, it was devil. Here, it's a genie, and he's you. Taking that into a contemporary setting where uh, Tilda Swinton is playing a scholar, academic scholar who has traveled to Inst- Istanbul and she discovers a, you know, this antique genie bottle and then accidentally releases the genie. So and, and uh, what I really liked about seeing the trailer is that it seems like it's going to be focused on their relationship where right. he wants her to, like, say her three wishes. But because she's a scholar, she knows all kind of the uh, the 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 the, The tricks the tricks and also the kind of the horrible outcomes of of having having granted three three wishes so she wants to stay away from that as much as possible so i liked all that kind of idea and also we get these very vivid flashbacks of of of, you know i guess he's telling these stories about who he you know who he granted granted wishes wishes to to, and so i (laughs) this is one of the interesting ideas that um or one of the in- interesting stories that I've seen from, uh, from from George Miller, who's you know mainly known for his Mad Max franchise, but here I think he you know again he kind of exp- proves that he has a great visual eye. He's not just a guy who you know films great action sequences. He has a very imaginative uh, artistry. Uh, so uh, uh, absolutely, but uh, you
1: know, since, since we all like the trailer, it you know, we 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 have, it has to be brought up the movie has already been, you know, screened at at Cannes, and uh, it's already um, unfortunately getting pretty negative reviews. Uh, have you have you read any of the reviews, Mike, for the movie?
0: I no, I, I saw that, that, that it's getting mixed. It's getting some lukewarm reviews. There's some saying that it's, it's too focused on the flashbacks. It's not enough on the on the rela- relationship itself. I, I don't know. I, I think I'll be I think I'll be fine with that. I don't, I don't think it needs to. I don't think it needs to be, really be focused on this converse, these conversations that the two characters are having. The thing that I really uh, loved about the trailer is that the fact that we're getting these very kind of imaginative flashbacks into yeah. ancient war, ancient times. So uh, I, I don't know if that's gonna I don't know if that's gonna have a negative effect on me, but I you know I, I, sometimes you know when you're watching movies and cans, you're you're already in that headspace where you want to see more kind of artsy fartsy stuff and maybe this wasn't the right kind of uh the right kind of festival to present this movie maybe it could have been something different you know no top gun right (laughs) yeah i know i know yeah it's so strange a top gun maverick got a eight minute you know standing ovation but you know george miller screw you But uh, uh, let me just really quickly say that they, the, this was originally was going to be written by the guy who co-wrote uh, Lorenzo Oil. Oh, really? Who ended up writing it? Uh, his uh, George Miller's daughter. Uh, oh. Uh, Augusta. Augusta. Gore. Augusta Gore. So he originally, George Miller was going to write this because this is based on a, a short story. This has been in the production stage for a long, very long time. So he was going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, team up with uh, the uh, screenwriter Nick Enright. They co-wrote for uh, Lorenzo's Oil. And unfortunately, uh, Nick Enright passed away. He passed away in 2003. But he was the one who said to George, you know what? Uh, I think your daughter would be perfect to write this for with you. How how old was George Miller's daughter at that time? Oh, probably very very young. (laughs) Very, Very young. I don't know. She's not like a young kid you know george miller's no, 70. Or it's something. just yeah i know it's just uh kind of um uh it's just an interesting suggestion well i think what happened is that um i'm not i'm not, I'm not familiar with the story but i think and en- because enright was such a family friend he was also the godfather of augusta he kind of knew that augusta was kind of interested in the story uh, mm. uh so and i i, I think he thought it was going to be a great opportunity for them to work together probably. But And, and so it ended up them, they ended up doing the, the screenplay together and, and George was um, while he was prepping for the next Mad Max movie, he was able to squeeze this production into the, into during COVID and do the movie kind of low budget, semi low budget kind of film. Uh, and it looks marvelous. I mean, just from the teaser, it looks mar- marvelous. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's better than M9's, uh, collaboration with his daughter um a, sh- a lady in the water <laughs> or robert rodriguez's uh <laughs> collaboration with his son uh uh shark boy and llama girl <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or shorts or whatever was on the other one
1: yeah.
0: or uh the one that came out on netflix that you gave a positive review to oh that, that was fine <laughs> there was the whole family on that one he had the whole family working <laughs> on that one <laughs> all right that was it for the trailer talk i was about you know there's actually more trailers but you know we don't want to be bogged down by all those uh but yeah big big week big couple last couple of days for movie trailers let's really get into what we've been watching uh me and rich actually got a chance to see on the count of three which is the new dark comedy from gerard carmichael the stand-up comedian uh he this is directorial debut he is working from a screenplay by Ari Katcher and Ryan Welch. I guess he worked with them before on the the Hulu series *Rami*, and so he has a relationship with the the screenwriters. And so they he he did this independent kind of film that was premiered in 2021 in Sundance, I believe, and it it it, it, it kind of had a really a kind of a uh, under the radar theatrical release because uh, it was kind of just put out there in theaters it was also on VOD we, that's where we got a chance to see it as uh, a really kind of a, a interesting dark film about two childhood friends who decide to commit suicide uh, essentially they they say that they're going to end their lives at the end of the day and the movie kind of takes place in the whole whole 24 hours basically uh Christopher Abbott is the the other guy who plays the friend uh Jared Mike Carmichael is also starring in this they're the two best friends uh Rich what was your thoughts on count, on the count of 3 I thought the the story was 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 decent I uh, I thought it was um uh it had a pretty good um overall story and uh but the script needed work um but for an independent uh film I thought it was fine mm-hmm. um uh i had i had uh difficulty with you know, some of the directions, um but my biggest uh difficulty was uh Gerard Carmichael's uh, acting in it uh because he, he was he's acting up against Christopher Abbott who i i'm really impressed by especially ever, ever since his last film that i saw with possessor um he's he's a fantastic young uh actor and going up against Gerard Carmichael made him look Jared Carmichael looked, you know, like a total amateur, which he <laughs> basically is. I mean, he should have just stuck to directing on the sim- uh, film, which would have been fine with I me. I wonder if he needed to star in it to order to get financing. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I mean, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how that works out or how these decisions get made. I agree with you. He is the lesser uh, acting guy in, in this in this too, right? Mm-hmm. Christopher Abbott's doing a very good. Job as someone who's, you know, mentally unstable. You know, he, mm-hmm. when we first see him, he's in the mental hospital, and you know he, he's there because he tried to commit suicide earlier, and so Gerard is a guy who actually is just kind of very depressed in his in his, but he's not mentally, he's not in the mental hospital. He's just kind of his best friend, and he's he's at a stage stage in his life where he's feeling uh, directionless. And mm-hmm. he goes to see his best friend, uh, uh, Christopher Abbott, and that's where he kind of pops the idea of like we could, you know, we could end it today, mm-hmm. together, crisscross, <laughs> you know. Right, right. I, you know, the people have been calling this a black comedy, but it's it's very very deadpan. I don't see there's nothing about it really kind of chuckles. You know, there's no like I thought the best the the best uh, comedy in the film was by uh, Labelle Crawford. Um, Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> from Breaking Bad. He's a comedian himself, and he plays like a local uh, owner of a dirt bike uh, ring or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, the biggest the other biggest laugh I had was uh, Henry Winkler's wig. <laughs> yes, Henry Winkler <laughs> makes an appearance <laughs> in this movie. Those are not uh, intended comedy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. It's very, very kind of dark. I mean, maybe this is the reason why he kind of just appeared on theaters. Like out of the blue, this was well, very, also very- because they had other uh, comedy actors in it with uh, Tiffany Haddish and JB Smooth, which did um JB Smooth did a really for JB Smooth. I thought he did a fine, a fine job on that film, on, on this film. Yeah, he's playing uh uh Jared, Carmich- Jared Carmichael's father, yeah. And the, both of them are playing dead serious. I mean, this is probably the most dramatic stuff we've seen for both of them. Mm-hmm. And so uh, again I think it it's because it's such a weird concept that you know you got you were watching these two guys at the end of the day think they're going to they're saying that they're going to kill themselves. It's mm-hmm. such a dark kind of premise and sub subject matter. Maybe that's the reason why this was kind of pushed into theaters very last minute. There's I I don't I don't there were, I I don't remember any kind of promotion for it. Uh, uh horrible poster too. It was kind of released on VOD really quick and so I don't know, I I I think it, the best thing I could say about this movie, although I do have problems with it. It did remind me of like the movies that I used to watch in the 90s mm-hmm. where you got these independent filmmakers they were telling their their personal stories and in those stories kind of were dealing with dark material. It kind of you know the the beginning part where we see Gerard Carmichael helping his friend break out of the mental hospital uh played by Chris Christopher Abbott he it reminded me of something like Bottle Rocket, uh, Wes Anderson's first movie. You know, it's a similar, there was a similar beginning and mm-hmm. where that was kind of a dark kind of um, movie too. I mean, I guess that I would say Bottle Rocket is a much more funnier film, but uh, yeah, but there, there was kind of movies like that in, in the 90s, independent films where they would just tell these really dark stories and they didn't really care if anyone was offended by it. That's why I kind of liked the movie that at least there was some this there's danger in this movie you know there's there's we don't know where it, where it's going and we don't know what happened. i mean for a moment there i thought because it was promoted as a comedy i thought this was going to be like a really dark Ferris Bueller Days Off where they kind of <laughs> go on the, the rest of the day nah. and like go to the baseball game or something mm-hmm. and that doesn't really happen and he there there were kind of these really sad characters yeah which doesn't help its overall premise of uh <laughs> Uh, of uh, suicide. Right. I mean, it's, it's, and even nowadays, like even saying suicide, it's such a kind of a dark kind of subject matter. It has become more taboo as of late. And it, so I kind of like that, that they didn't take that in consideration. Yeah. This is not a pick me up movie. <laughs> no, <at> no, all. <laughs> no. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, I, I'm very conflicted by it because ultimately I do appreciate, appreciate the movie for what it is. I do like Jared Carmichael's uh directing style. I mean, he picked a really good script for his first film because there's nothing really big, there's no kind of uh big sequences that he has to do. It's really mm-hmm. just these two guys going from place to place to place. So I like that he kind of he knew his boundaries. And so when he maybe makes another movie, he'll he'll extend those boundaries further, you know. So other than that, I think this is fine. It's it's not for everyone. This is definitely not for everyone. This is either you love it or you hate it. I don't even, I don't know if you love it. I think people are going to mm-hmm. say I I think it's okay, and then I hate it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, just because of the subject matter. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, I do appreciate that 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 because it, it reminded me of some of the movies in the '90s. It reminded me of a time where you know people were able were ha- they were free to make some of these movies that were very personal and very kind of uh, dark. And didn't really care about mainstream. That's the thing. This movie doesn't care that it, it's gonna be mainstream because there's no way this movie is ever gonna be a mainstream movie. And that's why I kind of liked about it. So you're gonna grade it? Yeah, let me grade it. And let me just say it, it because I kind of you know Car, Carmichael has publicly came out as gay, and he he's been talking about how he um had. You know, because of that, he has these kind of uh, broken relationships with his family members. That also brings in a nuance while watching the movie. It seems like he was also going through some very depressing and dark times, and I think you feel it while watching this movie. Uh, yeah, I'll grade it. I think this is going to be a. Um, I'm going to give this a, a B minus. I think mm. it's a it's a it's a good movie. It's not for everyone, but I, I, it's an interesting debut from. A, Gerard Carmichael, who I think is actually could become a really great filmmaker. I think there's a there's a potential for him to really become a strong filmmaker. So I'll give it a B minus. Rich, what's your grade? I'm going to give it a C minus. And I don't see Gerard oh. uh, Carmichael's uh, direction. I think he needs more time, um, you know, setting up his shots. Because I, I I thought uh, some of the shots were especially ones with Tiffman Haddish mm-hmm. were just um, horrible uh, uh, decision. Yeah, but don't you think that's just kind of because it's independent films and most likely that was shot on a, you know, tripod? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I mean, there's there's easier, I mean, just take the time to, to raise the camera. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, yeah, okay, well, okay. Yeah, um, like I said, it's, this is a very, a very kind of love it or hate it type of movie, and I, I think a lot of people are not going to be comforted by the movie. All right, that was our review on On the Counter 3, which is now available on VOD. I guess it's still playing theater somewhere, but it's most likely you could catch it on VOD. Thank you for listening to Insight Flix. If you need to listen to our other podcast episodes, you can go to insightflix.com. We also got a YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and search Insight Flix to get some original content there. Thank you for listening to Insight Flix. All right, we'll be back next week with a new episode. All right, bye-bye.